countdown for blastoff. X minus five, minus four, minus three, minus two, X minus one, fire. I'm happy to have Thin Fam as our guest. Mr. Fam is the artist and writer of Sumo. That's a book published in December 2012 by First Second Press. It's a great book. Mr. Pham is a very talented artist and writer, and I enjoyed it very much. Another book that Mr. Pham worked on is Level Up, Gene Yang's book. He did the art for that. Uh, Mr. Pham was gracious enough to spend an hour and a half with us, and we talked about almost everything, uh, what he's working on now, uh, the creative process, uh, what was involved in, in creating Sumo. It, that book was eight years in creation. Uh, we talked about the collaborative process, what's it like contributing art to another person's novel uh, versus working on your own. Um, also, we talked about his influences, uh, who his heroes are, what he liked to read growing up, um, his folks, cover all the bases. It's a wonderful interview. I really enjoyed it. I hope you do as well. Before we get started, though, I've got a confession to make. Near the end of the interview, Mr. Pham stated that one of his favorite authors is Chester Brown. Chester Brown published uh, an autobiography of Louis Riel. Here's my confession. I went on too long about Louis Riel. Louis Riel, father of Manitoba. Louis Riel, leader of the Northwest Rebellion. Métis hero, Canadian hero. Uh, member of Parliament. Moved to Montana, came back. Tried for treason and executed. That's usually the ending for uh, Canadian heroes. I think heroes in general. Probably bank on getting executed and then appreciated posthumously. Um, anyway, this interview isn't about Louis Riel, the Northwest Rebellion, or Manitoba. It's about Mr. Pham. So, thank you, Mr. Pham, for graciously uh, uh, listening through my three-minute uh, sermon on Louis Riel. And um, I cut that out. It's really not about Mr. Riel. Now, i got a, another confession to make, and, and that is... I did the same thing last week. Um, Mr. Pham and I spoke, and we were talking about things that we liked and read growing up. Uncanny X-Men, of course, made that list. And I had uh, most of the John Byrne run from issue 115 up to 148 or whatever it was. Um, John Byrne lives in Alberta, Canada, another Canadian icon. And I did the same thing again. Well, listen, first part of... of um, Solving a problem is recognizing you've got one. And I promise to try harder not to nerd flex. Every time someone talks about uh, something Canadian, I'm working on that. I hope you enjoy the interview. And now on to Mr. Pham. Thanks very much for putting time aside to, to meet and talk with me today. I read your book, Sumo, and uh, I enjoyed it very much. And as I said, my son enjoyed it very much, too. And oh, that's good. You know, I just finished um, Gene Yang's book, Level Up, as well. And I know you did the art. Oh, today. really? And, uh, uh-huh. Yeah, and I enjoyed both of them very much. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, I'm actually sitting in the office with Gene. <laughs> he's, he's over here doing some work, and I'm, I'm just here at my desk. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. Oh, so yeah. you're at your school right now, or...? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're at, we're both at school right now. That's why it doesn't really. I'm not going to pay for this call because the school gets to pay for it. Um, <laughs> the American taxpayer is going to pay for that call. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. Even worse exactly. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you shouldn't. You're from you're in Canada. You don't care about the American taxpayers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but we also have very. We always feel guilt and empathy for other countries. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll work through those feelings later. It'll be okay. 
<laughs> okay. We had construction okay. outside so loud. It's like they had old Soviet gasoline-powered, I don't know, jackhammers or something. <laughs> and I was worried, but they stopped finally. Okay, and, good, uh, good. I really enjoyed your book, Sumo. And cool. uh, tell me, that just was published in December 2012, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I understand that's the your first published book. Yeah, it's my first solo published book, yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about where you got the idea for this. Where did it come from? Oh, okay. Well, you know, Sumo, um, uh, it just came out in December, but it took me a long time to make Sumo. And, and it's funny because people always ask me how come it took me so long because the book itself is not that long a book, you know. Um, but it took me about eight years to, to do Sumo altogether. Yeah. You know, so um, I started this book way back uh, back in the day, and um, the reason that, that that it took me so long is because there's been a lot of incarnations of Sumo. Um, so I remember, uh, you know, I was doing before I was doing Sumo, I did a lot of uh, mini comics. Uh, one p- issue, probably the longest thing I ever did was this comic called Air, which was I believe 30 pages. You know, and so I wanted to challenge myself and take that big next big step. And I always feel like the next big step in comics is always to do something long, and, mm-hmm. and that's always pretty ambitious to do a long comic. And at the time, me and uh, the people that I draw comics with, we were all kind of thinking that like that would that's that was our big next big step. We all should do something long. So everyone, um, you know, decided to do something long. Gene did like ABC, and um. And uh, and other uh, people I did did longer books, and I decided to do a comic about sumo wrestling, and I got that idea because I had this weird dream um, that I was a sumo wrestler. Did you uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I don't really remember my dreams very much at all. So what I do sometimes is I I have a little sketchbook next to my bed, and if yeah. I wake up and it is a crazy dream, I'll sketch it out. I'll, I'll draw it. And so I had this crazy dream where I was a sumo wrestler, like, and it's floating in the sky with fishes. So I was like, well, that's a pretty good idea. Maybe I'm going to do a comic about being a sumo wrestler, mm-hmm. you know? So I decided that that, that was going to be my next project, and I, I started drawing it. And, you know, I, I don't know anything about sumo wrestling um, uh, at the time. I didn't know at, at all. I, I don't know very much still now, but at the time I knew even less about sumo wrestling. Mm-hmm. And so I basically did a comic bit about, um, and it, it was basically this, what, a, what the comic would look like if you didn't know very much about sumo wrestling and then decided to do a comic about sumo wrestling, you know. It was just very stereotypical and it was kind of a joke, kind of more like, um, I don't know if it was making fun of it, but it's just your st- your, the way that you would stereotypically look at sumo wrestling, like these big guys and funny, the way they're dressed and everything. Mm-hmm. And I did, did I did a whole, I did 80 pages of that comic, and then um, I went to see a professional sumo match. The, the, the sumo federation in Japan had uh, decided that they were, they were they were going on tour in the United States, and they happened to be going by Las Vegas. So I was with a friend of mine. I said, you know, I've been doing this kind of sumo wrestling, so I want to check out the, at least one live sumo match. Mm-hmm. So we went, and um, when I saw actual sumo wrestling, it, like, totally changed my mind. It was, like, it was mind, it was a mind-blowing experience. I was, like, I was, like, what? It's this pretty impressive. crazy. It's yeah, super yeah. impressive, but not in the way that, 
you would think, or in the way that um, most people think of sumo wrestling. You know, I was not impressed by how you know so how big they are or how fat or whatever. But I was really um, impressed by the gracefulness of it and how how elegant it was and how even though these guys were these big, massive men, they move with such grace, you know, and agility, and how kind of quiet and traditional it was. It wasn't like this. So my comic was all like, oh, I'm a big wrestling wrestler, and I'm punching you and all that <laughs> stuff. And, and when I saw it, I realized that the sport was not about that at all. It was like really a, a lot about tradition, and it was very quiet to me, you know, watching it. It was very quiet and and um, and very elegant, mm-hmm. elegant, very elegant sport. And so when I came home after that and I, I read my comic that I had drawn, it was it just looked ridiculous, you know, with the knowledge that I had about sumo wrestling, that this comic just looked ridiculous. It looked like I was making fun of sumo wrestling. And, you know, and it was obvious that I knew nothing about it, you know. So I, did, I scrapped that whole 80-pager. It sounds like you envisioned it as sort of like that Jack Black, Black film, uh, Lucha Libre. With yeah, 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 totally. And the whole package. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's basically like every media that um, Americans know of sumo wrestling is kind of I would say ninety percent of uh, anything you hear about sumo wrestling in America is like like that you know like it's really ill informed. Really, um, hey. So because you've got some... yeah, I mean even if you look at the cartoons, they have like sumo wrestling cartoons, and you have like you know it's just it just seems like it's all really ill. It, it, no, nobody really talks about the the tradition of the sport and the beauty of it and the elegance of it. You know, everyone just talks about how these big men crashing into each other, you know, and the way they dress and all that stuff. But no one, when you see a sumo match, you don't even really think about that kind of stuff. You, you just are just kind of taken aback by the the elegance of it all, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I came back and I was like, I can't do this comic. And so I started to do a new comic. Um, and it, and, and, and it's, it was the starting of what is to become sumo. The story was a lot more quiet and a little bit more, uh, reserved, like reserved and, um, and more, I, I mean, I, I like to say poetic because I feel like, um, the, in my comics in general are, are more, uh, poetic than they are, like, um, intense storytelling, you know? So, um, so then, uh, then there's another thing. I did another about, I did another story and I finished it about, about like 60 pages or so. And then I discovered something else that made me change it again. I, um, I, I went to a conference about, uh, this type of comic called Obapo, Obapo Comics. Mm-hmm. I believe Obapo is French. And it, it, Obapo, there, there's a comic movement called Obapo Comics and it's basically, uh, comics with a constraint. Um, basically saying like you, if you can put a constraint on yourself, uh, then, then, then do a comic. The, the other examples of comics like that are like, um, there's somebody does a comic where each panel would start with a, a letter of the alphabet. Like, so the first panel starts with oh, A okay. and the yeah. second. And so I decided, I don't know why, but I decided that I wanted to try that. So I scrapped the, the, the second sumo and I started doing the third one. And this, this then is what becomes a sumo. And, uh, it, it's weird because, um, what's hard about doing a comic with, with, with uh, an Obopo comic is, uh, to do it without people noticing. So it's not like mm-hmm. an exercise, but it's something that actually 
is um is ingrained in the comic so i i wanted to take that challenge on and so i did um and so that's what, what sumo uh, became um so i can talk about the oboe pole part of it in a little bit if you guys want to know more about it no that, that i'd really like to um oh yeah let's let's talk about you and and sumo a bit more though uh uh-huh. first please because it's interesting it's it was um it was very contemplative the uh mm-hmm. the book and the first one you described sounded well how you how you described it sounded mm-hmm. as though it took a much broader approach to sumo and 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 with the depictions you see of sumo on on north american tv perhaps not respectful at least yeah. not consistent with the, the the several thousand years of tradition that they got so then that's quite a divergence to the book that we see now which is very contemplative and and also too i mean well you know maybe that should be an exercise the reader has yeah. to choose what your parameter was what was the constraint that you imposed Oh, oh, the constraints. Um, if you know, if you if you look at it, you'll notice that well, Simo basically is told from uh, three moments in one person's life. Yeah, um, if, you know, it's only got a number, of, uh, limited number of scenes. Yeah, and they uh, it's uh, the two moments I I felt were important were you know the yeah. moment that he decides he's going to go to Japan to pursue sumo wrestling, uh, the moment he he is uh, he has arrived in Japan and trying to yeah. acclimate himself to being in Japan, and then the last one is the moment that he has. It's basically you you know moment of truth. He has to uh, w- win the match to see if he's going to continue being a sumo wrestler or uh, or just fail as a sumo wrestler really. Mm-hmm. So what I did when I, I decided to do the the opposing thing was that I decided that each one of those sections um, I was interweaving them in the comic, mm-hmm. and I decided that each one of those uh, interweavings would go would be smaller and smaller and smaller. So the first um, the first uh, story uh, part of the story is 15 pages or 17 pages. And then when we flip to the next scene, it becomes uh, 15 pages. Yeah. And when we flip to the next part of the story, it becomes 13 pages. And it gets smaller and smaller as you go along until at the end, it come, becomes just one panel per every time it flips. Mm-hmm. Okay. So well, basically, yeah. So basically, I, the reason I did that was because I wanted to uh, mimic a, the, the pacing of a sumo match. So in the sumo match, it, you know, it, it starts off really slow. There's a lot of um, ceremonial stuff. Uh, this, it's just really slow and methodical and and thought out. And then all of a sudden, boom! It's an, it ends. The, the 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 end of it is like a mere less than sixty seconds long. Mm-hmm. And then it's over. And then you have this kind of a little bit of a quiet moment at the end. And then, and then it's over. And I wanted to mimic that pacing of a sumo match in the comic. And I didn't really quite understand how I could do it until I came up with this kind of constriction that I did on myself. Mm-hmm. And so if you look, read the book, um, I'm hoping that the the pacing of the book through this constraint that I put on myself would give you the feeling of the pacing of a sumo match. Yeah, know? I can, I can feel that too. And well, you know, yeah. the you know, I perceived reading it as as sort of an increasing tempo. And mm-hmm. yet, you know, and the tempo increases and and then the number of panels and pages is reduced as you become more economical and in those final scenes mm-hmm. it shows what happens. You know, there are other things too. I mean, you had a reduced color palette. It was yeah. primarily uh, orange and blue and green. 
you know, the mm-hmm. sentence structure too was mostly simple sentences and short sentences yeah. and, and pages that had um, it was purely visual storytelling yeah. as well. I you know I I we this you know this two the the arguments in in comics is uh, we talk about comics a lot we mm-hmm. my friends and I are um, all kind of into comics and we we talk about theories and um and we argue about comics all the time and one of the things that I really believe in with comics is um how much uh, uh words work with pictures and how that works, that interplay between those two. Um, my friend Jean and a couple of the people, for example, love narration and they love, you know, dialogue. And there's a lot of that yeah. in their comics, which is fine. But for me, I feel like um, the, the 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 two pictures and the words have to definitely work together to form like a different thing. I don't want people to look at a comic and say, or my comic and say, oh, the writing was good, but. I, I didn't like the art, or I liked the art, but I didn't like the writing or whatever. Because I mm-hmm. wanted to, I, I, it's one thing, you know. You either kind of like it or not. It's like the two are supposed to form into one thing, as opposed to being two separate parts of one thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, they're so all linked to this tool, you know, yeah. and they merge to create that final, that yeah. final artwork that you've made. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, when I draw comics, I, I try to limit words and I try to limit the pictures so that the, nothing is kind of overbearing. Uh, my my art tends to be a little minimal, so my text has mm-hmm. to be a little minimal. I can't, I didn't want to um, disbalance it by by giving it all these words, but then the the, the art is really minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I've over the years of doing comics, you know, I've really decided to, for myself that I. Do not like narration, um, and so like because I I feel now uh, in my as my growth as a as a comic book artist is that um, if I can't show it to you in a panel, I really don't want um, then then I, I'm then then I have to try because I can't I don't want to I feel like narration sometimes is like a crutch you know you're like oh, I don't really want to draw. Um, uh, the the background of a bar. So I'll just in the narration, I'll just say, you know, he's sitting in, inside of a bar, you know. Yeah. So I I I so I I decided to take that whole part of comics out of my what I'm gonna do for comics nowadays. Is so I decided I'm I, I haven't so for since sumo since drawing sumo I haven't written a comic or drawn a comic where that involves narration at all. No. So. Well, that's, no, yeah. That's, that's the, yeah. You know, and, and I've, you know, I've, there are lots of artists who I, I've loved all my life, most of my life, because um, uh-huh. I'm older than some of them. But <laughs> y- having said that, though, they, they weren't all long on words. So, you know, Frank Miller, I remember mm-hmm. as a kid growing up, you know, and there's one person I'd get his Ronin books or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And there are lots of panels, but not necessarily a lot of words. Now, as a kid, as yeah. a young consumer, I remember thinking, hey, man, I spent 35 cents on this. I want this mm-hmm. to last at least 30 minutes. And then i go through it, and the book was over. And I mm-hmm. still had my candy bar in my hand. Um, another guy, Mobius, you know that Jean Giraud? He's yeah. From France. And again, beautiful mm-hmm. uh, artistry. Not necessarily complicated uh, compositions, but... Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Can you Hello? hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. You oh, could, okay. you away for a second. Yeah, no. And no then, problem. You know, there, there are lots of artists, you know, Jean Giraud is one of them, where the artistry is beautiful, and it's 
and that's the medium that that propels the story, and and not the uh, they're showing you, not telling you, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I um um you know I I love uh, comics of all kinds. I mean, growing up, I I loved um uh I love comics like Marvel comics where it's just full of words. You know, and Stan Lee was always the guy that loved uh, narration and yeah. and uh, ex- yeah. ex- he was just like, and this world is full of you know. Um, <laughs> that's, and that, right. that's 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 fine to me, uh, but you know, the, for my for personal choice, I I I decided I I don't like that. Now, one of the things that is the criti- people criticize about sumo, like, um, I love re- reading reviews of sumo, whether people like it or not like it or whatever. I I've, I've never really hurt by it or uh, or uh, feel attacked by it, but I do love hearing how people. What people um, get out of sumo, whether they, whether it's positive or negative, I just love uh, seeing how people interpret it. Because sumo is not a very um, uh, definitive story. Like you know, there's a lot of interpretations that you, that the reader, I ask the reader to make mm-hmm. for sumo. So I'm happy when, to hear how people you know interpret it. Um, one of the things that, that I've read when I read, read reviews is the the criticism is. Um, that sumo is it only took them like twenty minutes to read. It's like it was such a quick read or something like that. They'll say, and um, and I think that has I don't a lot. I think that's to do. a valid criticism, though. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, as I, an eight-year-old, sure, I felt like that. But now I, I they're they're evaluating like, it as a consumer, not someone appreciating the art form. Yeah, I think they're they're evaluating it as an, an, a, a person that is native to reading their uh, mm-hmm. narrative books. You know, so like um, the the thing is with comics is that it's it's still new in America. Yeah. Um, not so much Canada and France and Japan, but the art form is still new to adults, um, uh, literary adults in America. Uh, people are starting to discover it, but they're coming to it with a background of reading literary books. Mm-hmm. So when they read a comic, they expect that they're they're doing a word count. You know, they're going through the words and reading mm-hmm. it really fast. You know, and so that's you can tell that in America when uh, people release graphic novels now, especially for uh, like like sumo or where it's for like the book market. These books are getting huge. You get like seven hundred page comics and seven hundred page graphic novels and stuff. Yeah. And the reason is. That's the, they feel like that will justify, you know, okay, this is enough reading, you know, and this, it's full of words. But the people that are not native to reading comics, I mean, we grew up our lives reading comics, and you did too. So when you read a comic, you look at the pictures and you see how, you know, the emotions in the pictures, and and, and then you read that with the words. And so it, if I read, when I read Sumo, it takes me a long time. When I read a comic, it takes me a long time because I'm looking at all that stuff. Mm-hmm. When um, a person that is not used to reading a comic, they read it. They'll just read the words and they flip the page, you know. And so they'll say, oh, man, Sumo only took me 20 minutes to read. Um, but, you know, it, it, if you were, you know, um, more into comics, you would understand it would take a lot longer than that. So, like, sometimes when people say, hey, did you read this comic? It's like this 700-page graphic novel. I'm like, 
that would take me like a year to read. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, not only is, am I going to be looking at the words, but I can look yeah. at every drawing. That's going to take me forever. Of course, yeah. I'm not going to read that book. So it, it, I, I think the the public in America are starting to learn. I mean, the, the people are starting to learn more and more about how comics work and how to read a comic. But initially, you know, when um, comics now are being like sold as literary books in bookstores, um, people are still kind of like uh, comparing them to, uh, you know, narrative books. Uh, and yeah. so it's a, it's a little hard. Well, you know, I personally, if the criticism was purely there weren't enough words in it, I reject that criticism. You know, yeah, when yeah. People, <laughs> so, so I'm on your side. I'm with you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, films, they don't want them to be too writerly. They want to see it. And in comics, you know, there's, I think they're viewing it more as a consumer. You know, yeah. where's the story? Why didn't you tell me what to think with this? And and here you leave <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of it to the to the reader to interpret their own meaning and and you know whether he won the final bout, you know, the final of the five fights. Yeah. You know, one thing you mentioned, you know, near the beginning was that uh, theme. You know, a phrase you used was um, moments of truth. Uh-huh. But when I read it, and, and you're interested in how other people, what themes they extract from it. For me, I. I felt near the end of it, and I went back and read it again, the fish was a metaphor, you know, and Mm -hmm. near the end, you know, one thing I noticed is that each of the main characters in the book says, I think he's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, he was pulled out of the water, the hook was removed from his mouth, and he was put back in time, and now he's in a new phase of his life, Mm -hmm. and he was able to successfully make that transition into the next stage, which he doesn't know what it's going to be necessarily, but, Mm -hmm. but he's ready for it. And so for me, that was transitions and and dealing with change and in that coming to the moment uh, realization that it's going to be okay even if it's different than it was before that um you know that for me was a dominant theme of the book yeah i mean that was definitely one of the themes um you know the 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 story is basically this it's a story about me um and it's like um i uh i um yeah, I always like I, I I always write every book I write, no matter whether it be about sumo wrestling or air hockey or mm-hmm. or um or being a sushi chef. It's basically just a story about my life and yeah. just kind of put onto another character. And 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 sumo is the same way. I mean, um, sumo is basically the story of a, a big change that happened in my life at the time that I was working on sumo. You know. Um, after college, I had just moved back to live with my parents for a long time, and um, and and then at the time that I was writing sumo, I basically uh, in that sport, short amount of time, I got a a, a long time girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I um, I uh, was moving to another town to to do this job, to take this teaching job. I was moving yeah. to Oakland, which is in not the, as far as Japan and America, but I was moving to a whole new place. Where did you grow to, up? To take which town? I grew up in San Jose, California, which is, oh, okay. um, you know, like uh, uh, where Silicon Valley is. And now yeah. I live in Oakland, which is only about an hour or so away. But um, at the time, for me, I don't like, you know, I love, I'm a, I'm a person that loves, uh, uh, home and I love to, yeah. to to like stay home. <laughs> so to move an hour away to me at the time was a big deal. 
And so I try, basically sumo is my expression of all the, how I felt about, uh, about all the changes that were happening in, in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, what, uh, what uh, the character sumo, um, in, in sumo goes through. It's basically how I, I felt about getting this new teaching job. Mm-hmm. I didn't, and uh, how if I was wondering if I was going to be successful doing that and leaving my hometown and um, going through this change. Um, it's not as uh, you know um, crazy as as the one that's portrayed in Sumo, but it was still you know basically. So it, all the thoughts are basically my thoughts um, mm-hmm. about this change that I was making. So that's the, the the theme of the story is is basic change and making uh, and wondering if I was going to be okay, and that's part of the reasons why you know the the ending is so open ended is because really I had no idea I still don't really have a you know and 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 I wanted to, to, everyone to know that you know it, it it's not life is kind of like this process where nothing really ends you know you finish one challenge and another challenge comes and so you never really know what it becomes of until the very end so yeah. i didn't want any closure on this book i wanted it to you to think that you know there's going to be more going on in this person's life and this yeah. is not the end of his life you know but so. the future is not read, not yet written but you're ready for it yeah 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 so when you moved from San Jose to Oakland, I, you know, being in Vancouver, Canada, I only know the song. Do you know the way to San Jose? And yeah, then, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> a great song. I like all the covers of it. Yeah. And then, and then Oakland, though, I just, I believe is is a very different demographically. Uh, uh, yeah. It, it's in honestly, many ways, it's different. Yeah, honestly, it's not that different. No. It's the, the the main thing that is different is moving away from. Uh, my community. I'm a very community-oriented guy, and yeah. I feel like, and I portray that in Sumo. You know, like when Sumo, when he's in his hometown, he has his group of friends. You know, mm. and moving to and then um, sad to see he, him go. Yeah, and moving yeah. to Japan. I think when he couldn't find a community or people to be with him, that's when he feels the most lost. And yeah. and uh, and basically, the 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 female character in in Sumo is basically represents the, the community that he he left. You know, so if you look at the community that he left, it's really close to the community that he's about to make in Japan, with mm-hmm. the coach being his kind of like confidant and and um, the, the girl being his friend and stuff like that. So um, when the, when you feel that he finds that community, you can kind of uh, know that he's probably going to be okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know the girl that the coach's daughter is Sammy. You know she seemed very nice, and I thought, yep, that's the right girl for him. I like her. And then there's the one that he left behind. Was there that from your life as well, or were they symbolic? Yeah, they they are, um, but they're more of amalgams of people than than they are a single type of person. I don't, you know, I I don't uh, I I don't write girls very well because, uh, you know, I I I write only I, I'm not a, an amazing writer. I only write what I know. Mm-hmm. So what I know is living my life. You yeah. know, so anything that's outside of my life, I I don't. You know, it's it's as if 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 you ask me to write a story of being uh, Hispanic or being African American or something, I wouldn't I would really know how to write that as. You know, and I just like that. I don't also don't really know how to write uh, women. Um, so sometimes I feel like my women. Uh, one of the criticism I have for myself is that the women in my story always seem to be uh, kind of one-dimensional. 
you know, they represent. We're tangential, I thought. Yeah, they represent just one thing, you know, and and it's like this girl is all good and this girl is all bad. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't really want it to portray that way. But that's you know, I really don't. Uh, don't know how to put myself yeah. into a mind of a, 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 of a female character, um, but yeah, they are an amalgam of not just female characters, but just characters in general. Like, um, uh, you know, the, the nice one is an amalgam of, of, of friends that I'm, I've made at uh, in in my new life in Oakland. You know, yeah. uh, guys and girls that have just kind of helped me along and made and uh, and uh, and inspired me. And um, and was very supportive of me. It's basically my support community when I arrived in Oakland, and um, and you know the other girl is just basically um, representing some of the, the bad relationships I have had in my life and the things that the, the failures uh, in relationships that I've had in the, in the past. And it's not necessarily a girlfriend or a girl or even like you know it, it could be you know a guy that uh, a fr- uh, a friend that betrayed me or something like that. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wrapped them all in, into one character, you know, motivating you to leave and motivating you to stay, you know, so. Okay, okay. Well, it's interesting to see what the influences are and, and what the backgrounds of the characters and, and the story elements are. You know, a question for you, too. You know, mm-hmm. I, I read Level Up, and I enjoyed that one very much, mm-hmm. too. And, you know, the the art and your art style in it is, is quite a lot different than it is in Sumo. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about Level Up, and, and you know, Sumo being your first solo uh, publication, and Level Up, you collaborated uh-huh. with your friend uh, Gene Yang. Yeah. How is it different to work uh, solo versus collaborating with with your friend? Oh, it's so much different. <laughs> Working with Gene, uh, you know, Gene. You're sitting right next to you uh, right now, right? Yeah, he's sitting right next to me. So he was and he's a beautiful guy. <laughs> no, no. Gene is like <laughs> my. My uh, one of my closest friends, but he's also yeah. like one of my 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 biggest enemies. <laughs> we're constantly fighting, but we're like really close friends. And yeah. I don't know why we thought that working together would be a good idea at the you time. You know what? There's a phrase we, for that. We, 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 we've never had a relationship where we. <laughs> I don't know how we were like. Oh, this is a good idea. Yeah. But working on level up was was uh it was hard because I I I'm not uh, you know Gene is is very um. Uh, uh, dependable on the ball. He's always he 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 hits his deadlines. He works hard. He he um he does everything kind of right, and I do everything kind of wrong, and somehow it ends up okay, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so um so when we work, we would get in a lot of fights and stuff like that because you would be like, I we, we promised to turn in this so many pages uh, like ne- next week, and I'll be like, oh, it's fine, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, I think my nonchalance about it is a, was a, a kind of a a thing. Um, level up was difficult because. You know, um, when I, when we got, I got a book deal for Sumo, it was, uh, they, I had already finished the comic. I had finished it and kind of made a little mini of it and then they said, hey, we really would like to publish this, uh, and here are the couple of the changes we want. Uh, is that okay? And I said, yes, I made those changes and then Sumo got published. Yeah. When we, um, got the deal for, um, Level Up, it was a little different. We gave them a synopsis of what we wanted to say. We gave a sample of art and, uh, we sold it to them. Um, so we worked on the book for... You didn't yeah, have, it was basically yeah. basic, uh, not on spec, but I mean, they, they, they gave it as advanced and everything. It's just oh, okay. that they, they didn't have a, a full comic to look at. 
They basically just uh, saw our ideas. And so we worked on it for about a year or so. And uh, uh, at the end of that, um, the the publishers saw it and said, we don't like it very much. Do you think you could start from the beginning? So so we had to scrap everything, and then uh, we started. I mean, in hindsight, they were right. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the first story was not as strong as the the second story. The the the, the level up that appeared, but at the time, it was very stressful. And we were like, oh. So um, so the, the, and that way it was also stressful as well. Um, the reason that that the art in level up is a lot looser and more um, <clears throat> more uh, kind of sketchy. Than uh, than the art in uh, the, in sumo is because um, Gene, he's he he writes he's a he's kind of a writer and a comic book artist so you can tell he's he has a lot more writing and his plots are very tight mm-hmm. they're very tight tightly plotted comics um, it's not as meandering as say uh, sumo or it's not well, as just kind know, of open you know it reads it reads. I mean this in a good way too. It, it it's it's highly structured. It's almost a storyboard layout. Yes, yeah, it's very structured. So when I did the the art, I decided I wanted to kind of contrast that by making the art very loose. You know, so it has the story itself is very structured, and the art itself is very loose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I I'm, I just tend to work very fast and loose, like. Um, I don't do a lot of revisions. You know, Gene, when he writes or draws, he, he, he does, a, he checks a lot with it, making sure everything's okay. He'll send it off to people to get their feedback and stuff. And, but when I do my comics, I just read his script and I draw mm-hmm. the pictures and that's it. And there, there, there's not very many, um, I, I say this and people always laugh at me because they, I think people always think it's an excuse for being sloppy but I, I I really believe that um uh the 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 way I draw is beneficial because I'm really shortening the distance between you know when it pops into my head and how it ends up on the page mm-hmm. you know um so what you see on that page is exactly what I thought when I I, I read the script or when I I decided to draw it you know I just really really interesting yeah, there's really no revisions that you see there. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I read the script and I draw it. And uh, most of the time, and in, in the case of Level Up, I didn't even read the whole script all the way through before I started just drawing it. Mm-hmm. I, I drew it per page, you know, like yeah. I would read page one, drew it. And so there's a, like a twist in Level Up, and I really didn't even know that twist until mm-hmm. towards the end of the book. You when you know, when it's revealed, and I don't want to yeah, spoiler yeah. alert anybody, but when it's revealed, what the origin of those four angels is, yes, or what so I really didn't know very much about what was going to be happening. It took me by until, surprise too. It changed everything in terms of how I thought about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I I, I felt that was a good thing. I mean, I feel like um, by not reading it all the way through, I didn't subconsciously put any kind of spoilers or any foreshadowing that shouldn't be be in the book before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you didn't I, telegraph it, you know. Through, yeah, yeah. So your, so your when it time. when it happened, when it's a surprise to the reader, it was a surprise to me too. You know? <laughs> so um but but that that's how I I I, I can't um you know, 
I don't do comics as, uh, for a living. You know, comics is kind of like the thing I do for fun and the thing that I do because I just, I just have this love of doing it, you know. Even if um, uh, I didn't get paid for it, even if mm-hmm. nothing gets published, I would still be drawing comics. But um, I thankfully don't – I'm happy that I don't do it for a living because uh, I, 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 it would be so hard to have to do things not my way. It's really hard. It'd be to, hard if I someone think. says, "Yeah, if someone what, says you ha- you can't do it that like that. You have to do it this way, or else we're not going to pay you." Well, now I'd be right? like, because "Okay, don't creative. pay me." Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. your your something you enjoy and take pleasure from would become monetized, exactly. and then have stress attached to it of deadlines and lost, mm-hmm. you know, opportunities, and and I think that would just change everything. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people uh, that we know, um, that's their dream is to be a professional sure. cartoonist. Yeah. And to me, not being a professional cartoonist is the thing that's allowed me to um, grow as an artist. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, if I was had to do things that I didn't want to do things, didn't want to do because I had to pay the rent, then I think I wouldn't grow as much as now where I can just yeah. kind of do my art the way I want to do my art. And whether people publish it or pay me for it is, you know, secondary to the fact that I really want to just draw this thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I can do that because uh, that's not where my food's coming from or my rent's coming yeah. from. No. So I well, really, I mean, a that, publisher that would a, give it back mm-hmm. and say, make Asami a zombie, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to pay the mortgage. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, the zombieing it up is uh, is uh, uh, things. Uh, it's weird that people have to talk about that all the time. <laughs> it, has anyone said that to you already? Well, oh. you know, you, I, I've heard I've heard people talk about how that you work with you know more um, bigger publishers and they um, they look at your thing like this would be great, but you know what would be better yeah. if the characters were zombies yeah. <laughs> or oh, how about vampires or something? Yeah. You, you know, know? Yeah, make it like, I don't know, what would it be? It would be like Life is Beautiful, you know, that Italian yeah. uh, World War II movie. But make it like Buffy Vampire Slave, Slayer meets the zombie. <laughs> yeah. All right, okay, I can do that. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, for a second, they're That's really cool. good at uh, not yeah. really not doing that. They're, um, they're very good at letting the artists do, uh, yeah. you know, their, their vision and guiding them along. But I, I definitely know companies, you know, more mainstream that are like, uh, hey, hey, you know, this would sell a lot better if, you know, uh, this character was Bigfoot or something yeah, like that. Yeah, know? that's right. Yet it has well. Well, well I respect yeah, yeah. the fact that you do it for, for the art and the pleasure. You know, you you to- told me what you did for a living earlier, but before we were recording, you, you're, okay. so we'll just bring it up again now. So your full-time uh, profession is, is teaching. I'm a, tell us, I'm tell a, us a bit about yeah. that. I teach high school. Yeah. Which grade? Yeah. I teach almost all every grade. The classes yeah. that I teach, you know, you can I can teach freshmen, sophomores, seniors. Um, I really enjoy it. It's um, the, one of the things, you know. I I really took this job because uh, I, as a teacher, thinking that I'll just teach for a year or whatever, and when my art career blows up and I can yeah. make it as a, a, a professional artist, then you know that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to quit it. But I think within my first two years, I had grown to love teaching so much mm-hmm. that I I can I can't even 
dream of not doing it. You know, even now, if someone came up to me and said, hey, you have to quit one of the things you're doing, I would have to quit comics. I really love comics, but I love teaching even more. It's really become uh, my my identity and kind of like my home. Like the school yeah. that I work at is kind of my home. I, I get to to the people that I work with is, is very like family to me. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm a, I'm a guy that's really into community and it shows in like Sumo and all that, but, and, and I've, I've, I've built a really great community at, at my, the job that I work at. So I, I love it and I don't, uh, I don't ever want to change it. You know, I get to go and like, and then I get to work with like people like Gene and the, yeah. like all the, our teachers that I work with. So it's basically like going to work with my best friends and on our off periods, we talk about comics and, and, and we draw comics together and stuff. So it's really a great, uh, a great situation that I have. I don't feel like I would ever want it to change. No, it sounds wonderful. And so, yeah. and so, your friend and and author of Level Up, Gene Yang, he also works with the same high school as you. That's right. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So, what, yeah, tell he, me what subjects you both teach. Well, Gene used to be a computer science teacher. Yeah. Uh, but now that he's done, he's you know his comics are getting. Um, he's having to do more and more comic. Not only is he does he do uh, the job, wrote Level Up, he wrote uh, American Born Chinese, which yeah. is a really big book. Um, he just uh, released uh, a two comics at the same time, two volume set called Boxers and Saints uh, from First Second Comics, mm-hmm. and it is amazing. And he, nice title. It's, how, how long is that, Gene? Um, yeah, it's like 500 pages of comics, mm-hmm. and and it's a great book. And it's about the Boxers Rebellion uh, in China, oh, basically in China, this rebellion. Yeah, yeah this rebellion between uh, the the uh the settlers british settlers and and uh, merchants and christian and then yeah. these like small group of villagers that were fighting against them and it's told in two different points of view one book is from the boxer's point of view and one book is from the saint's point of view and it's it's an amazing book um but um but uh yeah so he, because he does so much more comic work he also is the writer of uh avatar the comic book mm-hmm. and so um so, so this, cause he does so much, uh, comics now. He, he's part time at our school now and he, he just does, he takes care of the databases and stuff like that for the school. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So yeah, but we still see each other almost every day, so. Well, I know how much you enjoy being a teacher, but the kids must love having you both there. I mean, it must be a trip having two nice, cool, hip teachers. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking as a kid who goes to high school who didn't have any of those. Well, I did actually. I got to be for Mr. Bark, who was great, and Mr. Huang was a great English teacher. But it's going to be the mean, kids to have comic artists and professionals in their midst too. Well, one of the things me and Gene talk about all the time, I think, is funny, is that you know we uh, Gene goes to a lot of high schools to talk. Yeah. about comics and stuff and so do I and we do it together sometimes um, and you know so all these high school kids have listened to us talk about our comics and stuff like that but our high school uh, the kids in our high school barely don't, don't really know we don't uh, we try to separate the, our comic life with uh, our, our teaching yeah, life so most of the kids at, at actual high school doesn't know uh, don't know that we we even do comics and stuff like that. In oh, fact, okay. it's kind of a surprise to them when they find out. Um, okay. Yeah. So so like there's like pickles even next to here that like you know Carrie Jean's book as you know it's mandatory it's in some reading in some classes 
and yet, you know, in our school, you know, it, 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 it's a surprise to kids when they find out that, mm-hmm. that he is a comic book artist and, and I'm a comic book artist and stuff. So we try to keep it, um, uh, we, we try to keep it kind of quiet, but there are times where I tell the kids, you know how famous I am? And then I make them Google me <laughs> and stuff like that. Oh, I am? No, hey, yeah. the homework yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Google me. Um, but, uh, but, but most of the time we, we try to keep it quiet at the school yeah. so that there's no conflict. Well, you want to keep them separate. You, yeah, yeah. you're an art instructor though. Right, uh-huh. uh, Flash, Illustrator, and and do you do you do um, how do you do your your work? Is it all done digitally, or do you do it with with traditional materials, paper and pencil? Oh, yeah, I I I work pretty um, uh, portal. I you know. And throughout the the drawing comics, you know, everybody always tries out all these new materials and stuff like that, and finds out how how they best work, you know. And now, you know, I've, I've done everything from Bristol board to giant to to you know like dip pens to brush pens to everything. And how I work now is basically how the the, the most portable way I can work because mm-hmm. I like to work in different places. So I, I just draw. You know what I do is I um, I work on a six-panel grid. It's yeah. like the same, exactly the same as in uh, Level Up and in in Sumo. I have pieces of, of typewriting paper that has a little six-panel grid on it. I draw with a pencil, just yeah. like a regular, you know, yellow pencil. Um, and uh, then I scan that in to the computer. Um, and well, with 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 Sumo and Level Up, I actually painted. And I actually inked by hand. But this new comic project that I'm doing, I discovered this thing. Um, my friend uh, gave me a present, and it was a it's, uh, it's a thing called a Cintiq. Uh, it's basically yeah. a, a screen, a Wacom tablet that's a screen. So you yeah. can um, draw on top of the screen, yeah. which has pretty much changed my life. Um, for, I, I can never ink or draw anything on the computer because... Um, I I could never fully get the disconnect from my brain to the, my hand on the mouth. So well, the workflow really is so mechanical there. If you got to yeah, get the separate layers and then the yeah, it's just a pads and it's it's a drag. It's it's not yeah. spontaneous for me at least. Yeah, but um, but when I uh when I use the Cintiq, it, you know, yeah. just drawing right on top of the the the, the, the screen itself, it, it really okay. helped yeah. me. So I I I'm gonna st- I'm starting to ink. Um, and, and, and stuff like that on the computer now. But, but before with Sumo and with, um, with, uh, Level Up. Level Up is actually all hand. Everything was like, they were actually kind of mad at me because it was so hand that it was like done on, in, on like watercolor paper. Well, yeah, because it looks very it. painterly in watercolor. Yeah, yeah, I would draw it, I would paint it, then I would scan it in. And, and th- when I would erase it, there was so many times that I couldn't get the pencil line out. So you can yeah. kind of see the pencil line. You can kind of see like the bumps of the paper sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, because it's really hard to scan uh, watercolor. I can see that. You know, I'm I'm looking at where the four angels first appear on page 36, and and I think that Uh might be an example of what you're referring to. You know, it looks like an aesthetic choice, though. I think it looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I think the... um you know, uh, the, the way that people would normally do it is they would draw it and then paint it on another yeah. layer and scan yeah. those two things in. 
but I guess I was stupid. I just get it all in. So it was kind of hard to to fix a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that, like fixing stuff. There was also a lot of fixing um, word balloons because you know I I don't you know if you see sumo, you, you, there's not very many words, and so. Um, I was used to that, and I'm, I wasn't used to uh, Gene, who has a lot of words, like a lot of dialogue yeah, and a lot the of formatting. Uh, Word balloons in the past, yeah. and then none uh, floating text in the present. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it it was like I had to I had to go back and make these word balloons bigger, and and to fit the words in because I I never accounted for how how long how oh big my, the yeah. words were. The letting and the turning <laughs> and getting everything just right, right? Yeah. So well, how are you having to? <laughs> so having to do a lot of that was was uh, also uh, time consuming, but you know it, yeah, it was yeah. a, a learning process. And that's actually one of the reasons that I'm I'm excited to not write so much is because I really don't like <laughs> putting words in there. The, the least, the so. less yeah. amount of word, the, the best for me. Well, it really does yeah. change the composition, though, right? I mean, because now, you, you, like, I'm, I'm I'm reading some of the conversations, the dialogue that exists between yeah uh, Dennis and his teacher in med, in uh, med school, and it's like, yeah, you'd really have to specifically contrive a layout that fits, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. eighty it's, words, and, and it's that's hard, like everything. yeah. <laughs> The first thing I would do before, instead of before I, I make the words bigger or smaller or move them around, is I would like take out words. Yeah. And I would be like, Gene, do you really need this word in here? That's Can a book I just take this yeah. word out? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, Yes, I need that word. <laughs> yeah, I need that word. That's yeah. yeah. Tennis. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have to stay. <laughs> okay, but it's wild. Well, you know, you said it took you eight years to get it done. It, it seems Hello? to me though that. Oh yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, can you repeat that? I'm yeah, sorry, you cut up for a second. You know, at the beginning, you said it took uh, eight years from conception to completion for uh, mm-hmm. for sumo. You know, but the feeling I get though is that it's something that just evolved naturally, and then you made artistic uh, choices that took it in a different direction, mm-hmm. and it just took eight years because it could. Yeah, exactly. I tell yeah. people all the time. They, they say, how come it took eight years? I'm like, well, I could because I didn't really need, you know, I didn't want to, you know, because it's not my, my, you know, my, 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 my full-time profession and I don't need it to uh, pay rent, I could do it whenever I wanted to. Yeah. If I wanted to take another four years to make sure yeah. that the story, but the result is, I mean, and I, I say this with all honesty, is that Sumo is perfect. I mean, it's perfect to for me. Like, you know, people can read it and they can dislike it or not like it or whatever or or Based love it person, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, when I look at sumo, there's no. I never think, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done. You know, it, it is exactly what I wanted people to read. And whether people like it or not, it's up to them. But. I don't have any any qualms about. It. I, I, this is this is what I want people yeah. to read. This is like uh, exactly that. You know, there's nothing mm-hmm. in it that I had to, um, you know, uh, compromise or anything like that. It, this is everything. This is it. You know, and if they don't like it or like it, it's because mm-hmm. though that's what I wanted them to read, and it's not because oh, because I didn't have time or. Uh, I had to compromise on this or anything yeah. like that. It's just not it. I mean, it's perf- to me, it's the, my, the perfect expression of the story that I wanted to tell. And so th- that's helped because, you know, I don't have to uh, compromise. You know, I, I just did it the way I wanted to do it. And so, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm looking at it with different eyes now that you said that. And 
Yeah, I can see that. I mean, there is, reading it as a story from beginning to end, there is no, there's no filler. You know, there's an economy of words mm -hmm. and, and of storytelling that conveys what you meant to convey, and, and I enjoyed it. And it is haiku-like in, in terms of its structure and economy and, and precision, the way you did everything. And I'm looking at it differently now. I'll find a better way to say that tomorrow. But, but yeah, I can see that. It's very tight. Yeah. Well, question for you. Uh -huh. um, tell me what your next project is. Oh, um, yeah, you know, I, for a while I was struggling with my next project and people, uh, the, you know, the, uh, and, cause, you know, I, I tell this in all my talks, but I'm not a, a writer, you know, Jean, and I have my, my wife, her name is Lark, and our friends that are in comics, and they have more story ideas than they will ever have time in their lives to do. You know, they have so many ideas for stories, and yeah. I don't. I, I'm not that artist. I'm, I, I, I don't have any, unless something really hits me, gets me really interested, and gets me really pumped up. You know, I, I I'll just, I just kind of sit around and do nothing. Um, so that I really, truly believe that inside of me, I have maybe four stories to tell. You know, may if that. <laughs> so, um, so uh, for a long time, I really just wasn't sure what I was gonna do, and just recently. I, I was kind of struck with some, I had a breakthrough and just had a, some inspiration. Um, I'm working on right now, I'm working on a comic that I'm going to serialize uh, um, and make many comics of. And it's a story of, um, it's I, I, I've been really wanting to do action because, yeah. you know, Sumo and all these comics have been a lot, uh, very introspective and very wordy. I wanted to do something that was just, just pure fun and action oriented. So I'm doing a story where, there's a lot of fighting. I really yeah. wanted to draw fighting. Uh, but at the same time, it's kind of like quiet, kind of, and it, it's interesting. So I, I'm working on that, and that's going to be about 120 pages or so. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to, I'm going to print them as, uh, mini comics. I'm just going to print them myself. Um, if people, do, if I, I'm going to send it to first, second, and stuff like that. And if they decide that they wanted to publish it, then, you know, they can publish it. But if not, then, uh, you know, it'll be in it. A mini comic form, and uh, I've been uh, for a long time. I've been wanting to do a story about um, my family coming to America um, because you know I, I come from an immigrant family. My my parents are from Vietnam, and I came to America when I was five on a boat, and so I've been wanting to tell that story for a while, but I didn't want to. Um, tell it in a um kind of a cheesy way i didn't yeah. there's so many stories about so many immigrant stories are very to me very kind of cheesy and kind of um um you know over over sentimentalizing it and stuff like that yeah so i was struggling with how to tell the story so that it wasn't like that and recently i i i kind of decided oh okay this is how i'm going to tell it and I, I it was kind of a breakthrough and so now i'm going to start working on that as well so those are two pretty big projects that I'm going to be doing. It's going to take at least you know another year or so. So uh, okay. those are the two things I'm going to be working on for at least a year. Okay. So I'm well, excited though. I, I've never drawn so, as much uh, as I have recently uh, for a long time. So I'm very excited to get 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 it going. There's the thing I feel when I like uh, decide I want to do a project. Uh, I, I get this like anxiousness, like this, yeah. like oh, I really want people to see you gotta it. Got to get it out, and 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 it really um, sometimes it 
it results in me kind of rushing something out so people can kind of see it. Yeah. Um, I, the older I get, the more patient I have become, the more I can step back and say, okay, you know what? I want people to see it, but I want it to be good. So I'm just going to take my time and do this, you know, but there's still a part of you that's like, by the time I finish this, no one's going to care. No one's even going to want to read it or whatever, you know? So yeah, you always got to wrestle with that, but I'm trying to, um, yeah. Well, a question for you, and, and uh-huh. I don't want you to, to to reveal any more than than you're prepared to, because it's something you're still working on. But uh, to talk about uh, yourself growing up, you, you mentioned that you came uh, to our shores when you were five. Uh-huh. Um, your folks are from Vietnam, right? Mm-hmm. So then, you know, in Canada, we had about uh, 150,000 in the U.S. Well, about a million people left Vietnam as boat mm-hmm. people in the 70s and early 80s. Yeah. And that's how your folks came across. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, when I – and that's the topic then of, of your next book? Uh, yes, yes. Well, that's the, the one I'm working on now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because that's, that's an intense story. I mean, from what I remember in the news at the time and what uh-huh. I've read since – but it's something that really hasn't been – I don't think they covered it, apart from in the, the newspaper at the time. Um, I don't. I can't think of too many works, creative works, that have covered Actually, that. There, there has, has been a lot. Um, I, I don't know if it's uh, – not a lot, but it has been quite a bit. I mean, there, has, there, was, a, there was a comic that came out recently yeah. uh, called – I think it was called Viet America or something like that. Is that what yeah. it's called, Chief? Vid America by G.B. Tran, who is actually a, a good friend of mine, and, and uh, or I, I know him, and he it's it's pretty good. Um, and th- there's a couple others. Uh, there's a, a novel called Catfish in Catfish in Mandela. Catfish? Yeah, I forgot what it, it was called. Rings, rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, and that was also about that. Um, but you know, uh, when I read it, it's it kind of different from my experience. Uh, and it's it, it, when I read these books, they, everyone always portrayed like, it's like very strong and daring and hardworking and and you know very brave people well, that intense. come to America. Yeah, there's really intense. You know, and yeah, you know, and and I, my story that that I hear from my parents is a, is a little bit different than that. Yeah. It's it's, a, it's more about oh my god, we were so lucky this happened, and oh my god, we, this almost happened, but we were so lucky this happened, and it's a lot more um, humorous and more that like instead of being so brave, like my dad was definitely not brave during this thing. He was kind of bitching the whole way, and you know, and he was just like so. I wanted. To to tell that's that side of it where it's yeah. like uh we made it here but you know it wasn't exactly all like like bravery and and it wasn't when and when we and i always wanted to tell the story of when we actually got here it was also not like you know when we got to you know just much like sumo when the, the end the story of sumo ended i didn't want people to say okay that's the end this is great he lives happily ever after i wanted it to be open-ended because yeah. that's it. and the same with my story here i didn't want them to think, oh, I made it to America, now everything's going to be awesome. You know, I wanted to tell the story of, like, how it was when you did come to America. It wasn't exactly a perfect transition from being in Vietnam, traveling on a boat all the way to America, then coming to America, and then all my, the whole, my whole life is, is awesome now. You know, there was a lot of struggles as being, like, immigrant family in, in America and all that. And I wanted to tell all that kind of stuff. Um, throughout um, uh, this book. 
So well, I mean, how much of that do you remember? I mean, it, they would have crossed thousands of miles in the ocean. Um, yeah, I. I, I you were actually, five. Do you remember any of that? Yeah, I actually don't remember very much. Um, yeah. I do remember snippets. Uh, I have visions in my head of things, um, but uh, I had to actually get my parents. I in, actually interviewed my parents to yeah. put all the pieces together. So they they did a great job of helping me put all the things that I remember together into one cohesive story. And and the funny thing is, you, you had to talk to my parents about it, and you know my dad will be talking about it. And my mom said, "No, that's not right. This is what <laughs> happened." And then my mom will say that's something. My dad said, "No, yeah. no, no." And then yeah. they, my parents have a way of exaggerating things. So. Like growing up, I thought like I heard stories where like the the, the pirates, ocean pirates, were about to kill me, and well, my mom had to though, make man. this. That, like, listen, I wasn't there, and I'm not Vietnamese. But, I mean, uh, that, that, people had to walk like a thousand miles to hit the coast, and then oh no, no, country, no, yeah, and there I, were no, pirates, I mean, those, bad, bad guys. I mean, yeah, we 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 had we had yeah. tons of pirates, like you know. Yeah. Uh, my my parents talked about it, but you know the the it, it was a harrowing experience. It's yeah. just that um, when they talked about it, it at the when people are going through that in in on uh, a boat, it's it's very matter of fact to them. Like yeah. this is what you we have to do. Pregnant. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's not a, it's not like this overly romanticized. Um, when they tell me, it's not overly romanticized. It's just, yeah. yup, and then the, the pirates, they took our gas, and then we were just floating in the ocean, yeah. you know, and I wanted to bring more of that type of tone and mentality to the yeah. story, um, you know, and, and it is, uh, uh, I mean, to this day, you know, that's the the one, I, you know, my, I can't imagine going through this, this thing and like that. And then you like got my a kid with you, and you're young. you got a kid with you, and you're worried to death something's going to happen to him. They were, you know, they were less than about 20, less than 25 when they did this with two kids uh, to America. I'm 38 now, and I can barely, you know, pay the cable bill. So on time. (laughs) So it's just to me thinking about like like doing something like that at 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 20 years old. I think at at the time that they were coming to America with the two kids to start a whole new life. I was still sleeping on the couch at their house, you know, working on the liquor store, you yeah. know, and 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 then maybe delivering pizza, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so you had like, a different level of words. <laughs> yeah, so it was like to 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 think that my parents did this is, like, you know, is a great monumental thing. I wanted to honor that, but then I also wanted to honor the, you know, and and one of the another theme that came up a lot when I talked to my parents about. Uh, you know, being coming to America and being in America is the theme of community. You know, the yeah. the community they felt when they were on the the boat with the people, the other people on the boat, and the community felt with on the refuge in the refugee island with the people, with the rest of the people on the refugee island, and the, the community of immigrants that they found when they came to America is all in, very instrumental to them being able to be here. So yeah. without that, without those communities, um, you know, it would it could have ended up really differently, yeah. and I wanted to highlight that too, as as much as I wanted to highlight this individual bravery that um, that people talk about a lot, you know. Yeah, no, it's a real thing, and you know, also living in, I mean, I have it soft living in Canada, and and I suspect so do you living in in the United yeah. States now. But I mean, our folks forget my folks because for me that was two hundred years ago. But uh, <laughs> our going back though, I mean. That's some major uh, courage to get away from that and and to start a new life in the new world. Yeah, and, and, I, I know. That, 
Yeah. There's a lot of Vietnamese a lot of in, in your mom, Canada. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, I I went to Vancouver once uh, yeah. to visit some uh, friends and relatives, and and I remember a huge Vietnamese community. Yeah. In the in Vancouver, and um, the one thing that Canada had at the time was it had all these like fruits that were not allowed in America, uh, you know, like tropical fruits from Vietnam and stuff. And yeah. I remember just buying so much fruit, and we're trying to cross you the border. You can't bring it across the border, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> we were trying to sneak it across <laughs> the border, and we noticed that people were stopping people, so we were just like broke up the fruit and just started jamming it down our mouth. So what? Because we still we still didn't want to waste it. What? Just for the public record, what kind of fruit was this? How much? It was like uh, you know, like um, long and logan. I don't know what they're called here, but um, they're called logans, I guess. And they're um, what? What are longans? Uh, yeah, yeah, stuff like ramatans and stuff yeah. like that. I remember us just like we went kind of crazy. It was hard, hard at the time. It was really hard to get in America. I think it's a little easier now, but uh, lychees and stuff like that. Just, oh, yeah. Just, man, yeah, yeah, it's so. not too late to declare it. I think they've got forms for after the fact. You can mail it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I remember just like just eating so much fruit because I didn't want to waste it. Uh, and just sitting in the line across oh, the border just eating back. fruit. Yeah, just yeah. so you didn't know. And, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I just, it's the same with me. I go to the United States and I just drive. And um, on the way back, it's not machete. You know, I come back, my son's got a bow and arrow. He's got a whip because uh, he likes Indiana <laughs> Jones. They're not asking about the bow and arrow. They're not asking about the bull whip. It's, does that have a cattle in your front seat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got That's it. Funny. Okay, so so when do you think that book will come out? And no pressure. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on it done. now. Um, it's, it's, it's a, I guess it's something like that. It just, um, emotionally, it also is a little hard to do, you know? Yeah. Cause, um, when you're doing the work of fiction, even though it's about your life, you know, you can, you can, you know, it, the details doesn't have to be so perfect. I just, um, feel like when I'm working on this, you know, I, I want to make sure I get everything right. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to put something like this out with, uh, you know, uh, as as um half half dashed as I usually do, so I I don't know. Um, I do know that it's something that a lot of uh like uh, the book people are are pretty interested in. So I'm hoping that that this will get a wider audience. But yeah. um, but you know I, I I never know. I'll definitely produce it no matter what. It'll actually uh, be produced to be read, whether it be on the web or or um as a, a handmade book. Um, and you know whether whether it be published and stuff like that, and when it gets published, it's kind of out of my hands. Yeah, well, it sounds great, at it. and I, I think that's a story that that should be told, only because yeah. not enough people remember that time, or they covered the war, and then when the war was over, and everybody there's that tension between the North and the South, and the South had to split. Yeah, no one really knows anything about that. You know, maybe the yeah. the parents, but the kids even don't really remember any of that. So, uh-huh. so that's good. Yeah, I respect that. Tell me about yeah, your superhero cool. book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you oh, said you're oh, working my, my on other something book? that's more fine. Oh, yeah, my action book. My action book is actually uh, kind of neat. It's an ode to um, to. I, I once I saw this movie called. Um, I love martial arts movies. Yeah. Uh, but I particularly love martial arts movies that are uh, set uh, in in nowadays. You know, okay, in yeah. in modern times. Um, so I, I, I've been wanting to do something like that. Like I love, there's this movie called Raid Redemption. 
uh, raid, Redemption, that I really love is just basically this guy that has to fight through. He gets to see the cop that gets stuck in the whole apartment complex full of, uh, of, of, of murderers and thieves and stuff like that and has to fight his way out of it. So I wanted to do something like that, but I also wanted to pull in like the emotional aspect that I am used to doing in comics. Um, so um, this comic is called uh, Please Don't Give Up. Yeah. And uh, people can actually read it. Uh, there's, uh, I've been updating uh, pages online right now. It's uh, under pleasedon'tgiveup.com. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a, a kind of a Tumblr site, and you can see um, my uh, comics. Actually, this is the first time I'm kind of making it public. But yeah, pleasedon'tgiveup.com. Um, you can check out the, my work in process. I think I have maybe uh, 13 pages up there, and I'm just going to uh, keep uploading them as I, I finish the book. Um, but it's basically about this boy who is a pizza delivery guy. I used to be a pizza delivery guy, yeah. and he delivers pizzas to uh, uh, the wrong place, and for so he, and he is uh, given something that he shouldn't have, yeah. and he doesn't know what it is. But basically, everybody in the town that is uh, is a criminal. Uh, is now after him, and so he basically. I, I'm I'm excited, but I challenged myself, and basically, I'm gonna have him fight 200 people. So he's gonna fight 200 people by the time this book is over. Um, and his his whole goal, he just really wants to. Uh, he he needs to talk to his girlfriend. They're about to to break up, and he just needs to um beat these people up so that he can make it to talk to his girlfriend and try to save his relationship. Hmm. So um, it's also hmm. a, um, you know, a metaphor for being in relationships and and and, uh, and fighting to keep it alive uh, and stuff like that. Uh, so it's called Please Don't Give Up. And, and I'm, I'm, I, I've, for a long time, I, you know, when I draw comics, I don't really write a script or anything like that. I just start drawing. And I did that with this book. It's like, I really want to draw a comic about fighting. And so yeah. I just started drawing people fighting with no direction, really. <laughs> really wanted so this guy yeah. was just fighting all the time. And, and then recently I came up with, oh, what's going to happen and the story and all that, the, the things that surround it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm happy at where I am. I basically planned it all out. And now I'm just in the process of drawing and inking and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm working hard. kind of a different process than I'm normally. Normally I pencil everything and then I ink everything and then yeah. I letter everything. But this one, I'm doing it in batches. So I'll, I'll like do five pages and I'll ink the five pages and I'll letter it and I'll put it online. So um, it's a little different on the way I'm working, but it's it's turning out really good. I'm, um, I'm uh, Art-wise, uh, it's, I've never done better than I've ever done. This is like the best uh, comic I've ever done art-wise. You know, when I look at it, I'm just like, wow, I'm kind of, I'm kind of impressed that it's coming from me. Um, story-wise, I'm not quite sure yet, you know, like, uh, I'm not sure how it's going to play out or how it's going to, how it's going to actually look like when it's on paper, but mm-hmm. the art right now, to me, is the best thing I've done ever. Yeah. I'm um, looking at it yeah, right now. It looks good. And yeah. you know, the way you describe it, I if I was a Hollywood movie man, I'd say I like that pitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, that's yeah. I mean, I, I've never really done something that that's as as commercial, but I just really wanted to do something fun. Um, yeah. I, you know, I just wanted to do something that I was super excited to draw, and this is something that I'm just like super excited to draw like every every day i'm just like oh man i can't i, I just came up with another way of of him kicking this guy <laughs> i yeah. can't wait to draw that so 
It's, it's been fun. So All hopefully right. that will be out. I'm, I'm hoping my target is to, to have it done by October. So to have a, 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 a mini comic version of it by October. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. So yeah. what do your folks think about all this? You're, you're grown up, you're a teacher, you're responsible, you're a published author, <laughs> you got projects that you're working on now. What do your folks think? They well, you know, my, my, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really, you know, they, they didn't really know what to make of the whole art thing, but, you know, early on in my high, you know, all, all Asian parents, like, in level up, want their kids to be one of the Trinity, which is, um, doctor, lawyer, or, um, or businessman. Yeah. Or engineer, I'm sorry, doctor, lawyer, engineer. <laughs> so, yeah, I think an engineer. That's how awesome. Yeah, but, um, yeah. But early on in my uh, uh, in my high school career, probably like my junior year or something, I think my parents decided that uh, this kid can't do anything but draw, really. So, um, so they 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 reluctantly allowed me to like go to art school and pursue art and stuff like that because they realized that you know uh, unless that I do something in art, I'm probably going to be homeless. So, um, <laughs> so I was able to do that, and you know, even though they they were not ecstatic about it, uh, they they allowed me to do it, and they um they were very relieved when I got a job as a teacher, you know, oh, with yeah. a a normal paycheck and stuff like that. Um, and they 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 thought I, my my comics was okay. They didn't think too much of it. They they were just hardworking people. They own businesses and stuff. They're business people. So. Uh, you know, if it's not really, if it's not making money, they're not typically that interested in it. Yeah. You know, if it's not making money or grandchildren, they're not excited about it. Uh, but when my first book came out, you know, um, my parents were like, oh, that's great. You know, of course, like, to my face, they're still very critical of it. It's like, oh, you could have drawn better or you could have written this better or whatever. But, uh, sometimes when I talk to my aunts or, um, my parents' friends, I find out that you know they've been bragging to the whole town about how famous and 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 great their son is. So it's nice to know that even though to my face they're they act like they're not impressed, they're actually very, very uh, impressed and very uh, very proud of me. Yeah. Um, Another funny thing is that, like, uh, you know, my, the co- uh, comics that I had, I've been written up in, like, the New York Times and mm-hmm. and uh, and some really important, like, papers and talk to universities and stuff. Yeah. But uh, it, they didn't really feel that I was famous until I was interviewed by Saigon News, which is nice. this tiny cable station <laughs> that matter. nobody, you know, just like uh, yeah. alternative cable station mm-hmm. that nobody really watches except for, you know, Vietnamese people. Um well, that's a and so when those yeah, people inter- they watched. Yeah. 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 So when those people interviewed me, it was like, oh my God, my son is so famous and I remember yeah. coming to the house after that interview and uh, and they them calling the neighbors and yeah. and a family over to, to say hi to the the guy that was interviewed on so I got news and I was just laughing because, you know, you know, we I we've been on Podcasts and newscasts yeah, and stuff like that, but yeah. but the Saigon news is really what is yeah, <laughs> what yeah. is breaking through. Well, so mean, nowadays, I, mean, I think my parents my parents yeah. are super proud of me. They're they uh, you know not not only that I uh, I have books published, but also that I have uh, a um, a uh, a a job that is uh, will give me a paycheck every week, you yeah. know, every month. So they're 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 pretty proud. They won't ever say it to my face still, but uh, I want to give you a quote they had. 
Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's not a very Asian thing to do to uh, to tell tell your kid that you're you're super proud of them. So yeah. Well, no, well, lots of folks are like that. But I mean, I'm sure. Well, I mean, any parent seeing their kid being interviewed on the Saigon News or any <laughs> news network, yeah. the waterworks are going to turn on and they're going to think, "I can die now. The boy's going to be all right." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. So you know, I don't want to keep you all day. But I'll keep you a little bit longer if I may. Now, how did mm-hmm. your work come to the attention of, of First Second Press? Tell me, because you know, people listening would like to know, really, how'd that happen? Can I do that? Oh, yeah. So how did that get <laughs> their attention? How did you make that happen? Well, my my, my wife is well, uh, is funny because she's always talking about how um, I, I I'm like I'm kind of undeserved of any type of attention and because you know there's a lot of people that work really hard to uh, be a published comic book you know people's yeah. dreams it is and they try really hard and you know they don't get published and I everything that's really happened to my life I just kind of fell into you know but um but but you know getting the attention of 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 uh, of being published is mostly uh, I, I give it all all the credit to my friends and the people that I do comics with um and, and and this is why one of the reasons that I love community so much I mean when I started drawing comics I fell into a community of people in uh, the Bay Area, specifically Oakland and San Francisco, that also did exactly what I did. And at the time, we were just drawing comics and printing them on ourselves and and stapling them ourselves and taking it to comic book conventions and trying to sell them in bookstores and stuff, not making any money and just doing it because we love, love, love doing it and no other reason. I mean, we were definitely not going to make any, any money doing it. And we, you know... Um, so I came, fell into this community of people that did the same thing, and I was very excited about it and made so many close friends, Jean being one of them, my wife being one of them, you know, uh, Derek Kirk Kim and um, Jason Shiga and, and, uh, and Jesse Reclaw and all these people who I, I really liked and has – some have done it longer than I have, and some, uh, you know, were just starting out. But we just had this really great community, and we'd meet every week to draw, and we talk about comics, and we go to conventions together, and we support each other, stay on each other, uh, in at each other's houses and stuff like that. And um, so then all of a sudden, everything kind of changed because all these New York publishers started to publish comics. Mm-hmm. They, um, with the success of um, Persepolis and a couple yeah, of other great. books, yeah. all of a sudden these New York publishers were like, oh, I guess comics is the next big thing. That so Marjan Sushanti giving... wrote that, right? Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. And yeah. so they were just giving, they were, you know, they were like, let's find some great graphic novelists and mm-hmm. give them Mouse. contacts. Yeah. yeah. And so um, one of the, so then the first second was created. And first second is actually um, uh, an offshoot of Macmillan, which is a really big, uh, yeah, it's a New big York publisher. publisher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, They've published my friend Derek, or um, our, one of our part of this community, and uh, Derek um, at the time, you know, and because of this community, we were all just trying to pull each other up, you know. So if one person got a a, a job, you know, or a, a thing, they would ask the other friend to help. Or so it's always been like that, and yeah. even now, when uh, Derek was uh, being published by First Second, the whole time he was trying to. Um, Get Gene uh, Gene Yang's uh, ABC published by First Second, so mm-hmm. he was constantly giving um, uh, the editors of First Second Gene's book, and and Lark's book, and Jason's book, and all these people's books, and then Gene got published by First Second as ABC, and it that became a big hit, 
And uh, when they asked Gene what he wanted to do next, he was like, well, I would like to work on a book with my son, Tim Pham. And so, you know, so he was put, trying to pull us up. So, like, um, it just kind of, you know, it, it's just everybody just helping each other, trying to get our, our friends who we feel is very talented and deserving of the attention to be published. And when I worked on Level Up with um, with Gene, uh, kind of more on a side, I had done sumo as a, a as a mini. I actually sumo existed before the published form as a, a, as a mini. Basically, yeah. I xeroxed it all, and I silk screened the covers, and it was really it was a pretty nice handmade book. I was able, like you know, I, I hand bound it, hand silk screened it, hand put it together. So initially, I wanted to do make 200 of them, but I ended up only making 50 of them because it yeah. took so long to make. And I was selling up a little convention called Ape, which is called the Art Alternative Press Expo in yeah. San Francisco. And nice one of name. the editors, yeah. yeah, one of the editors of uh, for a second um, picked it up, and I think it's probably because Gene was like, "Check out that book," and they picked it up. And uh, then they called me and said, "You know, we really like this book, and we'd like to publish it as a." Uh, as a comic, you know, so or as a graphic novel, and I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah, whatever, yeah, and they were like, um, you know, we can talk about content. I'm like, whatever, yeah, I'll sign it, whatever. I don't, you know, yeah. so because really, you know, as much as the money was awesome, you know, because they were actually paying us like normal, um, you know, writer advances and stuff like that. So it was just the first time that any of us had seen money like this for our comics. You know, it was it was ridiculous, um, and I was happy about that. But really, I was just happy that it was going to be published uh, and get a wider distribution, and more people were going to be mm-hmm. able to see it. You know, more than that, that's uh, really, 50. Was it fifty yeah, or two hundred? Really, you end up doing by hand. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's really the goal of, of all of us that that did comics. You know, when we started doing these mini comics, we were happy if if 100 people bought our books, you yeah. know, and, 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 and we were happy if we got one fan letter, you know. Um, I remember that, too. We'd have drawing sessions where we got a fan letter and we would show it off to all of us. So check this guy, this, this person out. She wrote me and she said she liked my book, you know. And, yeah. and, and, uh, and so, I mean, we would still do it even if we weren't getting paid for it. Um, but, you know, uh, to get this wider distribution is, is amazing. And to to hear all the feedback from people who have read it, that either liked it or didn't like it, or from what they get out of it is, is amazing to me. It's like one of the best things in the world. Um, so that that's basically how uh, uh, Sumo was published. Um, if people ask, you know, they people ask me, how would I get my books published or whatever, I would say, you know, one, finish your book first and then mm-hmm. show it to people. Because a lot of people feel like they can, uh, they have this awesome idea, they can pitch me, you know, like it's yeah. like it's like a movie or something where you can go up to a publisher and say, I have a story about a werewolf and a vampire and a zombie. <laughs> and they're, and then, of course, everybody's going to throw money at them to do this book. Yeah. But you really have to put in the work. I mean, draw that book, and if it is really awesome, maybe someone will publish it, you know? Yeah. Um, I also really uh, believe in community. And and no matter where you are, there's going to be a group of people that are doing the same thing you do. And if you are a, a nice person to them and they are a nice person to you and you guys check up a community of people that do the same thing, that that that's always going to help. You know, that's always going to be... Uh, great, you know, and then and it has been great for me throughout my whole life. I've been members. I've always been really into being a part of a community of, you know, whether it's a community of teachers or a community of uh, 
comic book artists or a community of immigrants or a community of um refugees on a boat or something yeah. the community aspect in my life has been really important it's it's you know you know it's just just sharing and borrowing and and helping each other i think is the biggest uh thing in my in my life and i i, I it's portrayed in my comics quite a bit yeah it really comes through i think in your art and, and talking to you too it, it it's important to you well, I mean, that's what makes it different, I think, you know, your work and, and the ones you've described you're working on next than conventional graphic novel or, or you know, sequential storytelling mm-hmm. there. Tell me what you read growing up. Well, you know, growing up, I, I my, my very, we talked about this recently, actually, yeah. my very first comic, the whole reason I got into comic, I, we were latchkey kids, so our parents worked really hard when we were yeah. younger, and so we always at home, and we watched yeah. so much cartoons. You got a brother or a sister? I have a brother, I have one oh, brother oh. who's younger than me, and he also loves comics, he doesn't yeah. draw or write comics, but he loves reading comics. Um, we were young and we loved cartoons so much and yeah. we would just stay home all day, just watch so many cartoons. And then one day I was, um, I went to 7-Eleven. I used to save up my, uh, my parents' change and go to 7-Eleven, uh, and buy these little, like, balsa wood airplanes. I don't know if you guys ever had yeah, that yeah, kind totally. of other. Yeah, like a yeah, buck yeah. 99. Yeah, you know, like, they were like a dollar or two dollars and you could put them yeah. Some of them had a propeller on it. Yeah. And I was really into those. And I went and to you turn the propeller time, so much that the rubber band becomes a series of knots. And then yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. And then it's like, ugh. And um, no, and then it goes. And like I went to, <laughs> or it crashes yeah. immediately. I'm sad that I don't see that. The kids don't play with those anymore. I see them at hobby uh, shops, but they don't sell so many. Yeah, no, they're uh-huh. not. So, yeah. yeah, I used to go to Seven Eleven and buy them all the time. Yeah. And at one time, I went to Seven Eleven. I um. Instead of buying it, I decided I was going to buy a comic book because it looked yeah. so cool. Um, and it was the comic book at the time was only sixty five cents. So I could save some money and bought it uh, seventy five cents, I believe. And so, um, so yeah, yeah, no, I'm just oh, okay. So, okay. That would be, um, so I guess the whole reason uh, I bought it was because because yeah. yeah, the whole reason I bought it was because Spider Man was. Uh, uh, was uh, was in a black costume. And I was like, what? How come Spider-Man's in a black costume? I don't understand. So that would have been the Venom. And, uh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. was before Venom. It was, oh, um, okay. So it was a Marvel team up with him and Moon Knight. And it was... Uh, oh, yeah, I remember and, Moon Knight. He didn't sell so yeah. much, but I, I bought his books too, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I bought it and... Um, and uh, and then I said, whoa, this is great. And it was only 75 cents. And I was like, I can afford 75 cents a month. Like every month I could buy one of these books. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and so I did that for a while. But then I, we re- I started really getting into it. And uh, at the time, it was hard because we were a lot of key kids and we didn't get to go very many places. And there wasn't a comic book store by our house or anything. Um, but then fortunately what happened was my parents bought a business. And the business that they bought was in a a, a shopping center, and we yeah. spent a lot of time at their business. And this shopping center had a comic book store, and oh, it was amazing. It must have blown your mind. We went all the time. I remember us saving money. We would get allowance of $25 a week, yeah. and we went to the comic book store and just bought $25 worth of comics every week. Every and, week? Um, hang on. Yeah, what year week. was this? Let's hang on a second. I'm getting jealous. Was, what year was this? What what what? Uh, this was probably 
early 90s, like 90, like 89, 90s. This is the crux of when comics were getting crazy. Well, yeah, well, because um, at around that time, you wouldn't... Yeah, I remember. And direct sales yeah. were really taken off at that time. So you would get everything you want for 25 bucks a week. Nice. Probably. Like, split between me and my brother. I remember there were times, though, that we would really want a graphic novel or something. Yeah. You know, like a full graphic novel, and we'd have to, like, oh, okay, let's get this graphic novel, and then next week we'll save up for this or something. Yeah. But um, we, we, we bought X-Men regularly, mostly Marvel. We were big Marvel people. Me and my brother, yeah. we're really into like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and mm-hmm. and some other stuff, but mostly Marvel stuff. A lot of X Men, a lot of Spider Man. X Men would have been uh, around one, I don't know, one ninety around that time, right? Yeah, this is this, is this yeah. is the 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 awesome part of the X Men. Yeah. You know, this is like the end of the the the, uh, the this is just the end of the Phoenix Saga and and oh, okay. getting into um, that and Chris Claremont's uh, yeah. run and then yeah. and then into when Jim Lee and and all those guys were starting to draw comics and then through Image and all that stuff so we yeah. were just reading comics all the time awesome. um, and then yeah and so so I've always loved comics reading uh, uh, coming up I've, and then um, for a long time through my uh, probably junior year of high school to uh, to senior year, I was too cool for comics. <laughs> I didn't buy any comics for really? a while. Really? Eh? Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. How do you, you, how know, do you, yeah, how no. do you recover from that? Uh, well, then... I well, went you might have had school. a life, to be fair. You probably had a life and engaged in things with the friends. and Yeah, yeah, no, I was just like all about okay. girls at that time. I was just like, awesome. that's how I want, girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, okay. Um, but I was always a, a drawing. I was always drawing. I really loved drawing. And um, when I went to uh, when I went to college, I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on drawing. And then uh, for some reason, I saw a poster uh, at the time. This company called Top Cow, which was an image company, yeah, was looking. Well, they had a they had a, like um, a, a talent search, and they were just like, hey, draw comics. You know, here's the the talent search we're looking for artists that can do this. For some reason, even though I wasn't very good and wasn't very trained in drawing comics, I felt like I could. I could do it. <laughs> I started drawing comics, you know, um, very much like image style and stuff like that. It was terrible. I, I saw the pages recently, and it was so bad. Did you, so you mailed them imagine. in, right? You mailed them in. <laughs> yeah, I mailed them in, didn't win, but it was just so bad. I don't know. I didn't understand how I thought I could have even maybe won, you know. So, um, uh, so then... Uh, so then, um, so then in college, when I went to college and to art school, I decided to focus on drawing comics. Mm-hmm. I, I had renewed my love for drawing comics and I started buying comics again. But it wasn't until I got out of, I started going to art school. I went to a comic book store and I was kind of telling the comic book store guy, I was kind of sick of, 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 of the superhero stuff because I'd been doing it so long. Is there anything new? And then he gave me an issue of, um, he gave me this comic book called um, Optic Nerve, okay. and it's yeah. um, it, it was by it's from John and Quarterly. It's uh, about by this guy named Adrian Tolmini. He turns out he lives in the Bay Area, and it blew my mind. I was mm-hmm. just like, what? There are people that are doing comics, not about superheroes, but just about everyday life, like mm-hmm. just just a good story that that is about life that that is not like you know science fiction or superhero. I was just like, what is going on? And then, um, uh, then, 
then I, I was like, I need more. So I was just buying tons of these books and everything. And he was just get the, the comic book store guy was giving everything from Chester Brown, who was my hero to this day, and uh, Seth, and um, and just just such great comics. Uh, Craig Thompson, I, I remember reading Goodbye Chunky Rice and just being blown away by it. And that really made that was when I really was like, I can do this. I mean, these comics are really. Well, you know, they're, they're great, but I mean, they're not stories that I couldn't write or couldn't draw. So that's when I decided to do my own. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, because, uh, because, um, you know, Adrian Tomini and those other girls guys have also come from, uh, this mini comics world where they also drew their co- mini comics first. I decided to just follow the same path and that's how I got here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, well, that, that's wild. And that's a good story too. I mean, your progression from, from yeah. all the different from the cartoons and then the the treasure trove and and the resources to satisfy that urge and and get all those titles that's wild Chester Brown yeah. you're a lucky kid I'm trying to sum it up that way you're lucky kid uh-huh. and to have all that pocket money Chester Brown <laughs> yeah yeah I asked you last time we talked but I forget did you read the Louis Riel one by uh, Chester Brown of course yeah, yeah that's one of my favorite Father that's really of, uh, actually. Yeah. That book is a very big inspiration to the, the the story I'm working on now, which is um you know the fighting book because um one of the my best my favorite things about Chester Brown is the way he depicts action, especially in Louis Riel. If you ever if, if you haven't read Louis Riel, people are listening. Oh, it right you should now. read it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, the way that Chester Brown depicts action in that book is amazing. Like um in, in, in superhero comics you get a lot of punching and and, and you know and tackling and stuff but Chester Brown does this thing that I had never seen before where he depicts action in a result instead of it actually happening. So he'll have someone shoot the gun but the the main action will be from the guy falling off the horse or something. Mm-hmm. And the reaction to action was, you know, in comics, you don't get a lot of that because, you know, there's an economy of, of panels that you want to do. You want to show the guy hitting. You don't necessarily want to show the guy falling. Throwing, the launching, that's, you know, where the, I don't know, you know, the comic creator's uh, id gets cathected in that moment, right? So yeah. he's showing it your way, or even the way that you described Chester Brown did. Yeah, that's uh, – that's a different artistic direction altogether, yeah. and it's also and it was a, it's amazing. Yeah. It made you feel the the shot, or made you feel the punch yeah. because of the reaction to it, you know. Yeah. And it made it so and much realer. Yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, that's my inspiration for doing my fighting comic. When I draw my fight, I I, I like seeing the, the reactions, the elasticity of like the human body when it is like fall fell off or. Uh, mm. Um, yeah, so I, um, I, I, that, that's one of the, my inspirations for that book. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, for, for listeners, Lear Riel, father of, uh, Manitoba, leader of the Northwest Rebellion. It's really been a pleasure talking to you. I really enjoyed it. Okay, and, uh, thank you. Yeah, and I enjoyed your book very much, and I look forward to, well, to your next ones. I really enjoyed this talk. This was really fun for me, just kind of talking. You know, usually uh, when I do an interview or a podcast, they focus in on just one aspect of a thing. I really liked being able to uh, talk about, like, uh, this huge overview of, of the work. This was really fun. Well, that's right on. Well, thank you very much, and it's been a real pleasure for me. I've got a question for you. The, mm-hmm. the book that you're working on now about your mom and dad's story and when you were a kid, um, you know, coming to the U.S., um, have you got a working title for that? 
not really. I I was uh, I have a working title. Um, uh, I had a working title, but it, it was too ridiculous. So I um, I the 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 working title right now is is, is never mind the darkness. Um, but um, title. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's actually my favorite line from a Guns N' Roses song. Oh, so the reason it's a working right. title is I don't know if I can actually use Clear it. Clear the right <laughs> Yeah, but it's uh, it's um, it's it, it says a lot about uh, our you know that story. So hopefully I could use it. So yeah. that's what the working title right now. Well, you know, I'll definitely go out and buy that when it when it hits the shelf. Well, well, I'll let you know when it comes. Well, that's wonderful. Well, listen, thank you very much for your time. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Uh, okay. I really enjoy your work. My son, he's nine. He read it as well. He really enjoyed it too. He's the one that said, "Read this, Dad." And um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. I look okay, forward well, to your next. Thank week. you for talking to you. Yep, I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye bye. We're committed to the art and nothing. Stop us. Not even a train, plane, tractor, all of us. We feel the rhythm inside the marrow of our bones. And we're fascinated by the music sound the headphones. Freebox Beats brings me a relevant speech. Like you girls were matching. Go into a fashion pageant. Asking for some passion and action. With any old masculine man friend. Wait a minute, let me change my tangent. Flow tactical, inapplicable. For PCs and apples. I snap too to slap you. They act cool, natural. Quite attached to getting rich and getting some chicks. And maybe a family within the chilling the sticks. I'll tell you what I think. Even if society isn't behind me or the community isn't in unison. Open your ears and your mind to our tones Cause it's a free box bringing you pleasure to your headphones We're committed to the art and nothing Stop us, not even a train, plane, tractor All of us, we feel the rhythm Inside the marrow of our bones And we're fascinated by the music Sound the headphones Stack my like dirty dishes, swimming schools like fishes. I mix my beats to the distance, having a soul is what we give in. Man, this is really miserable. Sentimental wonder, just ponder, sit back and relax and don't wonder on the seconds that be passing you by. My heart still beating, still the day but I die. Thank you for listening.